Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the life of ourselves, our family, and others. Nuclear is a word that kind of gets our attention for the good, but mostly for the bad, and one cannot think of nuclear without thinking of radiation. And I do not like even the smallest doses of radiations in my own life, and mostly I've refused x-rays because I did not want to have the radiation. So I sympathize with that point of view. But anyway, without a doubt, a nuclear bomb is horrendous, and we can see the examples of what the atomic bombing of World War II did to Japan and the Japanese people. And we can realize that a nuclear bomb is more destructive than an atomic bomb. And it was the atomic bomb that was dropped in Japan. Today, there are people who suppose that if a nuclear bomb were to go off in their state, just about everybody there would be dead soon, if not immediately. It is this extraordinary fear that I would like to challenge. After being in the proximity of a nuclear bomb, some people have died, it's true, but many, many have lived, and they go on to live a good, healthy, long life. Now, I am not supporting nuclear anything. I am simply saying that a nuclear event or bomb is much more survivable than some people would suggest. And I have a case in point, and that is my father-in-law, who is now in his mid-80s. And for his age, he is getting along very well. For him, the year was 1953. He was 20 years old and in the Army. Along with many others, he went to the testing of a new powerful hydrogen nuclear bomb. He and many of the other soldiers dug at, at trenches and went, in, went into these long series of trenches. They were seven miles away from the detonation point, and they were told to go into their trenches and put their hands over their closed eyes. They did, and when the bomb went off, he saw the bones of his hands right through his closed eyes, right through the skin of his hands. After this explosion, they all walked five miles. They walked to a point which was five miles from the detonation point. And there the Geiger counter said there was too much radiation. So they walked back. And then they were taken back to their normal duties by truck. This story tells me that people who were not wearing protective clothing like they were not can survive some sort of a nuclear experience. I do not know who can survive what, but it does indicate that there is some level of nuclear survival, and this should be an example of hope, and the hope that some will survive a nuclear bombing. So I urge you to think positive about what the circumstances may be, because we do not know what they are. Think positive. You can get through it, whatever it is, even the horrendous experience of a nuclear event. And I would say, start your preparations now for that just-in-case situation before there is an urgent need and what you want is hard to find. This has been episode 27. Remember to give thanks to God for the blessings that you do have. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. 
Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. I save your God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Settle up your Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and welcome to Red Sky Radio and the Red Sky Radio Ranch, where we ride hard for the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you all, wherever you may be listening today. As always, we have a packed program trying to fit it all into, what, 54, 56 minutes. We're going to do our best, and um, we're going to be spending some time because it's that critical on election-related matters over the next few weeks until these incredibly important midterm elections. Important because if the left wins, if you think they're ugly now, if you think they're nasty now, do you think they're violent now? Wait till they get an authority. You don't want to sell your guns. You don't want to give away your ammo. Let me just tell you that much because you may need it. More on that later. But let's start with some odd good news. I start with good news, try to end with good news in between. It's an e-ticket ride. So hang on, but I got it. This is a a weird piece, I suppose, but I never touched this whole Stormy Daniels thing. I don't want to touch the issue. I don't want to touch Stormy Daniels. I just really kind of want to let that go. But for this one little tidbit that nobody is covering because it might accidentally make Trump look good. And of course, the media would have nothing to do with that, would they? No, of course not. Anyway, she had her defamation lawsuit against President Trump thrown out. That by itself is no big deal because there was no defamation that he uh, he was involved with with her. But the the key here is the judge has now ordered, I think this is hilarious, Stormy Daniels or whatever her name is, uh, real name, to pay Donald Trump's legal fees. This is sweet justice. Stick it to her. I mean, let her pay his attorney fees. I think this is sweet justice. Hey, you talk about your social justice, your environmental justice. I'm going to start talking about sweet justice, okay? Hey, this is one of those times. And, and you know, Trump mentioned a number of times during the elect, election process that we're going to win so much that we get tired of winning. You know, I, I don't know if he's tired of winning. I don't think so, because winners really don't tire of winning. But whether it's the matter with uh, putting the screws to Iran, which we should, and undoing all the stuff that Barack Hussein had messed up for this country in that regard, whether it's North Korea, which he couldn't get anything done, whether it's the freeing of Pastor Brunson, which he couldn't do, he couldn't get that done, whether it is... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the economy, it doesn't really matter. All across the board, this president does, in fact, simply keep winning. He does. And and the left are just a pack of jealous, whining losers. 
And all they can do is just continue to ramp it up more and more and more on that a little bit later. But I want to mention uh, also, I don't know if this is good news. I mentioned it last week. Uh, this coming Sunday, I will be speaking in Las Vegas for our Las Vegas listeners at noon, high noon, at the Holy Tabernacle Outreach in North Las Vegas. Uh, the address, 4357 Corporate Center Drive, 4357 Corporate Center Drive, Suite 410. Suite 410 in North Las Vegas. That's the Holy Tabernacle Outreach. If you can make it, I'd love to see you there, meet you there, greet you there. I've got a very special message I'd like to share with our precious people in Las Vegas. Um, okay. I also want to mention real quickly, three Las Vegas or Nevada, Nevada political races of importance, one in Arizona. Uh, you need to be voting for Danny Tarkanian for Nevada U.S. Congress, Dean Heller, U.S. Senate, Adam Laxalt for governor. And in Arizona, you absolutely, absolutely have to support Martha McSally over Kristen's uh, cinema. Uh, Kristen is bad news. I'll tell you the quotes uh, I have read from her from the horse's mouth. You would think it, it it isn't the horse's mouth we're hearing from. It's something else that the horse is uh, emitting, let's say it this way, that comes from this woman. She is awful. She is awful. Now, I wasn't a McSally backer during the primary, but when it, when it gets to the final election, I'm not talking about the lesser of two evils. She's not evil. There were, I think there was a better choice, but, but, but at this point in time, she is clearly the only choice. For my Arizonan friends, don't let that get by you because we are in, um, this is, I know every election they say this is the most important election, but this one really, truly is absolutely critical at a level that it's hard for me to describe. As I mentioned, we have a left that's unhinged, a left that's violent, a left that by themselves is the reason that we got to continue to maintain and hang on to our Second Amendment rights because they are the threat. They have become the enemy. They're the God-haters. They are the country-haters. They are the flag-haters. Oh, unless it's the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ flag, then they love that, of course, but they hate the American flag. Uh, we have never had such a vocal uh anti-God, anti-country, anti-patriotic, significant contingent in this country, ever. And you know why? And I'm jumping ahead of myself. We have never been more ungodly as a nation. Don't go away because there's going to be more on that. But i got to read something to you. I've got some quotes today that I've got to share. But this one, I don't quote them often. But Newt Gingrich said this the other day, and it is important as to why people of good mind, good conscience, and good morals get to the polls and vote. Number one, we're toast if we don't. Number two, every person who has a right mind and a right morality needs to vote to counteract all the fraudulent votes that the left will come up with. Remember, these are people with no morality. Look, if you're fine with executing 62 million uh, innocent unborn uh, children in the womb, what's voter fraud? It's a parking ticket. So here's what Newt said as the importance of this election. Quote, what you have here is a remarkable moment in American history. It guarantees that the election is not going to be about President Trump. I'm going to repeat that a second. This election is not going to be about President Trump. This election is about what kind of America do we want to become? And I might add, will we become? Continuing, do we really want to become an America in which the left-wing values are imposed by force? Do we really want to become an America in which our borders are open and fentanyl and opioids flow into the country killing more young Americans? Do we really want to become an America where there are sanctuary cities for gangs like MS-13, a gang that tortures people with knives? I don't think that's the America we want to become. 
Well, I know, end quote, I know that's not the America I want. I know it's not the America you want. But you know what? Unless you go to the polls and vote, it will be the America we'll have. By default. You see, what is, who is it? Edmund Burke that said that evil, uh, how did he say that? Uh, it, because evil reigns because good men do nothing. Well, I will tell you, if you know how you should vote and you don't vote, then you're part of the reason why somebody like Kristen Cinema would get elected or other bad people, Beta O'Rourke, or go across the country to any one of these races. The left is so far left, it's hard to distinguish them from Fidel Castro. They hate this country. They are bibliophobic. They hate the Bible. They're Elohimophobic. They hate God. They're Christophobic. They hate Jesus. They, they, they wanted to throw God out of the platform of the Democratic, um, throw that plank out of the Democratic platform a few years ago. In the uh, their national convention in 2016, well, you know what? That's their heart. They hate being convicted of sin. And that's all it comes down to. Why are they so gnarly and nasty when it comes to the issue of abortion? Because sadly, those poor women and the men who are just as guilty can't deal with the consequences of their behavior. Now, there are ways to deal with it. There are ways to deal with it. It's a spiritual answer and the confessing of their sin and have those things be gone. But if you don't deal with it that way, you go around in life having to deal and, and, and trying to manage this conviction for things that you have done. Well, if you don't let yourself be changed, if you don't allow God to change your heart, then the only thing you can do is change the circumstances around you, which means suing and pummeling and punishing and maybe executing everybody who is causing you to feel badly about what you've done. That's what the left does, and they do it remarkably well. We're going to get back to that, but i got to fit a few other things in here real quickly. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, as you all heard about Santa Barbara County, city of Santa Barbara, but Santa Barbara County, my former place of abode for a decade and a half. How they had banned the plastic straws, blah, blah, blah. That was the proposal, and then you would go to jail. Well, there's been so much pushback on, on against Santa Barbara that they have revised this, and they said, we're not going to have jail time anymore. We never really planned to have jail time. That was just a, well, no, of course, now they say that. Well, why put it in the statutes if you don't plan to enforce it? This is just more, these are, Santa Barbara are just Democrats on uh, stupidity steroids. But with yanking out the jail time, they've tweaked this another way. Because now it's not just plastic straws, which will get you hefty fines. It's now they have asked, added plastic swizzle sticks, which I cannot tell you I have any supply of in the pantry anyway. Not one. Can't remember when I even saw one last. But the swizzle sticks will be gone. But they're not stopping there. No, it also includes the banning of plastic forks, spoons, and knives. So let me ask you, Santa Barbara, how are you going to... How's Costco going to serve their chili out there in Goleta without any plastic spoons? Costco going to silverware? Well, that would be something. How about every restaurant that uses plastic because it's a less expensive means by which to serve a quality meal? Forget it. The meal prices have got to go up because now they'll have to use silverware? Or are they going to wood? They're going to say, well, wooden spoons and forks. Yeah, I've seen those. I've used them before. Forget the splinters in your mouth. Forget the, uh, you know, uh, well, anyway, how does that work? Cut down. Let me ask you leftists. You want to cut down more trees now, huh? To make sure that the plastic doesn't end up in the ocean. You're going to not go green. You're going to go brown and you're going to cut down more trees. Well, the arrogant, haughty, obnoxiously, abysmally ignorant, stupid and immoral Santa Barbara City Council said, we need to do this because we in Santa Barbara, we're Santa Barbara. That's what they said. We're Santa Barbara, and we're leaders. 
Well, that's nothing that a small earthquake couldn't take care of. Well, anyway, I'm not suggesting. I'm wishing that. I have a lot of people I know and love in California. But I will tell you, what does it say in the Bible? Pride goeth before a fall. All right. This is it. This next story, well, I'm not going to get to it before the break. But it deals with the growth of witchcraft at alarming numbers. An exponential growth of Wiccans in the United States. And we're going to do some comparison between that and a particular denomination. But don't go away. We got all about the violence that the Democrats are causing and the consequences of it coming up after that. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Rob Waller, and I want you to know that we have officially moved our real estate services to Arizona. We focus on helping people with the sale or purchase of their commercial or an investment real estate. And in addition, I bring 30 years of my California legal and tax experience to the table to help support those new clients with the intricacies of buying and selling of their commercial and investment real estate. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. You will not find us on Facebook. No, not now, not ever. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. We're back. This is Rob Walter with Red Sky Radio. I mentioned before the break, uh, this was this was stunning but not necessarily surprising about the rapid expansion of Wiccan and witchcraft in the United States. It is truly incredible. Well, it's nature abhors a vacuum. I don't know who said that. Was it Sir Isaac Newton? I don't know. Don't know who said it, but it's true. Nature abhors a vacuum. You can't have em- truly empty space without something rushing in to fill it. And when the leftists, because they hate God, because they can't deal with their own sin, hate God, hate Jesus, hate the Bible, hate everything, they want have been very successful in driving Christian influence into the underground almost in this country, starting with Madeleine Murray O'Hare back in the early 60s. Well, if that creates a vacuum, something's going to fill it. The secularists are fine with secular humanism. Man is all there is and all there needs to be. And without man, uh, nothing can be accomplished. And because there's man exists, all things are possible. Well, of course, all of that is a bunch of hooey piled high and deep, otherwise known as a Ph.D. However, other things are filling that void beyond secular humanism. And the witchcraft explosion in this country is just that. Based on surveys done by a particular college in Connecticut called Trinity College, which has been studying this for some time and tracking it, all the way back to 1990, so 28 years ago they started, they said that in 1990 they had determined that there were approximately 8,000 practicing Wiccans or witchcraft in the United States. 8,000. In 2008... 18 years later, 10 years ago, there were 340,000. Are you getting a hold of this? In 18 years, the number of practicing witches in the United States has gone from 8,000 to 340,000. The estimate today, using these rates of progression and their algorithms and all the, how they calculate this by their others the uh, the stuff that these guys do they determine that there are now approximately 150 I'm sorry 1.5 million practicing witches in the United States now it's less than 1% and I will tell you this if they vote they all vote democrat that's a fact I'm not being snooty snotty or snitty here 
witches vote Democrat because the values of the witches, they're very in much into child sacrifice, which is abortion. They're very much into moral perversion, which is sodomy and all the things that Democrats seem to be entirely enamored with because they can't deal with their own sins, so they have to foist their failed philosophy on other unsuspecting generations, also known as school children. So the rejection of Christianity has left a void in people. It says here in this uh, star- story, Wicca has effectively been repackaged for millennial consumption. Now, witchcraft doesn't focus so much on the paganistic, satanic, and the demonic. It now is starting to promote areas of free thought, understanding of earth and nature. But you'll get, end quote, but you'll get down to the basics the uh, worship of Lucifer when it's all said and done. Continuing the quote here is, the sad thing is that millennials who are exploring the dark side of the supernatural seem to have more faith and belief than most Christians. They're open, they're spiritually hungry, and the spirit realm, in this particular case, the dark spirit realm, responds. The biggest hindrance to understanding the realities of the spirit realm is unbelief, they said. Well, if the millennials believe it, they actually embrace it stronger than a lot of Christians. This is what's interesting. The number of witches, and I commented on this a few weeks ago, how the Wiccans, the witches, now have their own, I think, room and worship area in the basement of the chapel, the chapel. You get that? The Christian chapel at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. And why are they in the basement? Well, two reasons. First of all, on your way up from hell, would not the basement be the first room you'd come to? And number two, the basement is the foundation. Scripture says if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? That's where the enemy goes is after that. But there are more. There are now more witches in the United States than there are in the Presbyterian Church, USA. That's right. The PCUSA, the largest Presbyterian denomination, has uh, has fewer people in it than there are witches. But maybe there's overlapping membership. Who knows? <laughs> hey, one other quick thing, and then we're going to get on to well, a couple of quick things. Quick things. We're going to get out onto our issues of the Democrats and the violence and the importance of this election. And this is a study that now shows that the majority of people who call themselves evangelical Christians, and of course you can call yourself anything you want. I could call myself Chinese, and it doesn't make me Chinese. Uh, I could call myself whatever. I call myself super intelligent, but that doesn't make me super intelligent. We all know that. A majority of supposed evangelical Christians now believe that God accepts the worship of, of all religions, of all religions. It doesn't matter that you're Wiccan, apparently. It's just, are you sincere in your Wiccan belief? That's important. Sincerity is trumping correctness. Folks, this is horribly dangerous. And all I can say is, if that's the way these supposed evangelical Christians believe, they aren't Christians, and they certainly aren't evangelical. I mean, I, hey, you know them by their fruit, right? One last item here before we break loose and go heavy on democratic violence and the consequences and what it means to you and me and how what we should do. There are now more babies born to illegals, otherwise known as anchor babies. There are more anchor babies grown, grown, whatever, born in L.A., in one city, each year, then all the births, legal and illegal, all of the births in 14 states. Now, I understand it's the 14 states with the fewest babies, but nonetheless, this is one city, and we're just talking the illegals born in L.A. exceed all births, legal and illegal, in 14 states combined. Look, if you don't control your borders, you have no borders. And if you have no borders, you have no country. 
That's a biblical thing. And all these loser yin-yangs from the Methodist Church and PCUSA and, uh, frankly, uh, Episcopalian churches and these ones that that know about four words out of the Bible and they apply it to everything. Love, well, love to them means feelings. It doesn't have anything to do with what God says. It only means feelings and they're uh, juvenile interpretation of scriptures taken out of context that would say we should let in everybody in this country. Look, for those of you who aren't Christians, those of you who do not have a faith tradition, I'm going to tell you something. The Bible mentions borders 168 times. I think it's 168 times. Now, admittedly, some of those are like the borders of your garment, the borders on your beard. Those are a few of those. Or maybe a dozen or so. If it's that important to God, why isn't it important to us? Well, it is. It just isn't important to the Democrats, right? The ones who are into the violence, which we are now going to move into. This is a tough topic, but we got to cover it. The, the violence is what marks increasingly unabashed whether, first of all, because it was never tamped down by Barack Hussein, who used every supposed conflict between blacks and white police officers, and ultimately blacks and police officers generally, whether they're black police officers or what, he never, ever called for calm. He never asked for people to tamp it down. And by not doing that and always going the wrong direction, because he judged people in situations before that guy knew Jack Squat Diddley about what was going on, he was always wrong, and therefore he was a catalyst, a meaningful catalyst to the spike in violence and racial division from his eight years of screwing up this country till we got somebody to come in that got appointed to help begin to clean it up. And that violence is just extended. Obama helped launch it. The Supreme Courts, in their bad decisions about stripping essentially all things moral out of public schools, gave birth to the loser mentality that we have running around uh, in this country calling themselves an educated elite, harboring themselves mostly in the Northeast and on the left coast. But the violence, I mean, just listen to this. This is just what? This was yesterday? So a state House representative in Minnesota, of course he's a Republican. Because there aren't any Republicans doing violence. You can't find one. When do you find Republicans out beating up people, smashing cars, uh, shooting congressmen like Steve Scalise? Scalise when, when did we have a Republican doing that? Or a conservative? When have we had any conservatives ever prevent a left-wing radical whatever, feminazi as Rush calls them, or just leftists of, of any of their genders, when did we ever have a conservative keep them from speaking at a college campus? You see, the left are puny minds. They're little minds. They only got about an eight or nine word vocabulary. Racism, Islamophobia, homophobia, climate change, global warming. And then, of course, the, uh, the F word, uh, which is, as uh, my mother-in-law used to say, is uh, simply a, an effort by a puny mind, a weak mind, to express itself forcibly which adequately and completely describes most Democrats. So this House representative, or running for House, Shane McKelland, a Republican, he gets punched out in a restaurant, and he ends up with a concussion from a Democrat. Now, whether it's Ted Cruz, whether it's Sarah, Huck Sanders, or Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who get run out of restaurants by the left, we have multiple pro-life protesters, they're not protesting uncivilly, illegally. They're just out there carrying signs and handing out literature. They're getting beaten up by pro-aborts. All pro-aborts, 100% of pro-aborts are Democrats. Absolutely. 100%. Well, where do we go from there? You see the 
the, the demonic influence. Look at the, the outbreak um, just this last week in Manhattan by Antifa, which is not tamped down by the news media. And what did they say after vandalizing the New York City GOP headquarters? What was their promise? More violence. Quote, Antifa, our attack is merely the beginning, end quote. And this is just a few weeks after the Republican office in Illinois had the word rape painted all over it. And after the Republican office in Wyoming was firebombed by Democrats. We're just getting started going away. Don't go away. We're just beginning to have fun. We'll be right back. Red Sky Radio is looking for the few, the proud, and the brave to sponsor portions of this program. There has never been a better time to advertise on Red Sky Radio. We've recently launched in Arizona, and the response has been outstanding. Arizona and Las Vegas need this program, and we will do everything we can to help your business grow in a rapidly expanding market of incredibly loyal listeners. So if you're in Las Vegas or the greater Phoenix area, contact us at info at redskyradio.net and find out what Red Sky Radio can do for your business. We are back. This is Rob Alder with Red Sky Radio, continuing in what we just launched into before the break, and that is Democrat has become a word synonymous with violence, intolerance, harassment, intimidation, threats, vandalism. It's go- if, folks, the Democrat defect for a long time has been their absolute love affair and obsession with political correctness. But now they've gone into enforcement mode, legally on campuses. Look, you hear the stuff that Eric Holder came out with, Maxine Waters, Hillary Clinton. You go right on down the line, uh, Cory Booker. It is thinly veiled and sometimes not so thinly veiled attempts to encourage not engagement, but abrasive interaction, interfering with people's rights, heckler vetoes, shout down the Republicans. I got to tell you, folks, do not sell or give away your guns. You're going to need them. You're absolutely going to need them. And it isn't going to be a foreign enemy. Although, Democrats are largely influenced by foreign ideas. Certainly foreign to the Bible, foreign to our Constitution. And then you get to the Kavanaugh hearings. I mean, you just see the worst of the worst. Now, I want to read something, and I'm going to, I'm going to select these uh, items here carefully in the interest of time. I have quoted Katie Grimes before. I'd like to meet Katie sometime. She's a great writer. Um, she's an articulate conservative in California who writes from typically a California perspective on a lot of issues. But she wrote, and, and I want you to just keep in mind as I, as I quote this, number one, I am quoting somebody. These are not my words. Number two, the person writing this is a woman. So don't beat me up here at redskyradio.net. If you want to, I guess you can. Info at redskyradio.net. There you go. But I, this is kind of a capstone. No, it's more of a transition piece from what happened at the hearings to what we apparently can expect in the future. Quote, The hysterics of the past few weeks has indeed not weathered well on America's so-called feminists, who demonstrated once again that they allow feelings to rule over rational thought and logic. In their attempt to run nominee Brett Kavanaugh out of Dodge by protesting his confirmation hearings, their antics have shown just how ridiculous, nonsensical, and preposterous they are. 
Ironically, they are using female hysteria to get away with anarchy. I got to repeat that. This is just so true and so concise. They're using female hysteria to get away with anarchy. Today, we refer to these hysterical barking hags. Keep in mind, these are not my words, and these are words coming from a woman writing this. Today, we refer to these barking, hysterical barking hags as man-haters or radical feminists or college professors. These hysterical harpies didn't call a press conference to challenge decisions. No, they threw themselves at the doors to the hearing room, sobbing and clawing at the doors. They collapsed in the hallways of the Capitol and they had to be dragged away. They dressed as handmaids and claimed Kavanaugh will enforce a dystopian America where women have no rights and are forced to have children for the ruling class. i got to stop here a second. These are the leftists who are only complaining, whining because, about a, a ruling class that doesn't exist so that they could become the ruling class, which actually does exist. Back to the quote. They ambushed senators in elevators, cornering them aggressively, simultaneously screaming and crying. And to think these women cry about toxic masculinity. I'll share a bus seat any day with a manspreader over a shrieking, barking harpy. <laughs> this vile behavior cannot be allowed. This is not peaceful assembly. Much of the behavior of these violent, uh, overwrought crones is dangerous. One level of antics leads other groups of nasty ogres to up the ante and try something even more hysterical and even more dangerous in their misguided attempts at achieving total anarchy. I'm going to just stop here a second. I'm going to continue for a minute. You need to get this piece. This is, this is so well stated. Continuing. Perhaps it is a good thing that these women are paid protesters because with their hysterical demonstrations, they have also demonstrated that they are unemployable. For what employer would hire even one of these toxic, nasty women? When they don't get their way, or they feel put down or insulted, you can bet they'd turn their entire company on end with threats of civil rights violations and legal action. These women are not serious civil libertarians. They are wretched shrews seeking to tear down institutions. They are anarchists seeking power and control in a country that reviles them. Every feminist... Uh, now, Hang on to this quote. i got to repeat myself. These are not my words. This is written by a woman. Back to the quote, and I'm going to end with this. Every feminist I've ever met has had an abortion. They've led teen and college years full of promiscuity, alcohol, and drugs. They're mostly white. They're mostly middle to upper class, mostly educated, and spoiled. They've rebelled against decent parents and the boredom of living a normal, virtuous life. End quote. Katie, that was just over the top. That was so good. Katie Grimes. And the title of the piece is Kavanaugh Hearings. Hysterical barking shrews must be prosecuted. If you want to look it up, get it. Use it for fodder as you deal with your leftist friends, your left-wing family members who you can't stand to get around at Christmas and Thanksgiving because all they do is harp about Trump, and pretty soon you're not eating the turkey, you're throwing the drumsticks at each other. Ah, you need some ammo. So there you go. So we have, how about this one? The prayer, Patriot Prayer Rally in Portland. So it goes bloody. So this group marches, the Patriot Prayer Group marches, and who shows up? 
the counter-protesters, the Antifa, the spoiled, the, the primarily white, spoiled little derelicts that call themselves Antifa or Occupy Wall Street, sometimes augmented by Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry, you know what? There, But not much. That's sort of a separate thing. But the worst of the violence, the violence as far as the just routine uh, of vandalism and torching of buildings, fire bombing, spray painting, taking clubs to uh, and things to beat people up with wherever somebody is speaking that they don't like is largely a leftist spoiled white contingent. It just is. They're the, they're the children of the professors I had in school. Well, like most things, the conservatives don't bring the fight to the protesters. The protesters or counter-protesters bring the fight to the conservatives who are marching and praying with their flags like the Patriot Prayer Rally. But listen to how the Oregonian describes this event. Quote, Participants with a conservative patriot prayer group and counter-demonstrators with Antifa got into a bloody melee outside a popular bar where members on both sides used beer spray. I'm about beer spray. I'm sorry. Hey, hey, you know what? If that's all they were doing, they would have had a good time, I suppose. Used bear spray, fists and batons to beat each other. You see, this is what the left-wing rags like the Oregonian, which isn't good enough to even use for training your dog. This is what they do. They paint a certain equality between the groups. Even the group in Charlottesville, which I didn't support, a bunch of racists, they didn't bring the fight to the fight. The counter-protesters brought the fight to them. This has happened 100% of the time. But these left-wing rags like the Oregonian portray it as both sides are involved in a matter of equality. They're both fighting. Look, I'll tell you why the conservatives are bringing uh, batons and things to the marches. For one good reason, self-defense. And the next time if they're armed, they're going to be armed for reasons of self-defense. And I would encourage them to do so. So we have this anger. we got this fury, this hatred, hatred the shrieking choir of maddened lefties, as Daniel Greenfield will call them. They scream at the sky having meltdowns. Listen to what the left is saying. They're saying, these are, these are articles, folks. These are the titles of articles written by various left-wing organizations like the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost. Quote, we need to stay angry about Kavanaugh. How about this one? Get angry and get involved. Or this one. Tears, fury, and action. How do you express anger? How about this one? Fury is a political weapon and women need to wield it. Look at these articles. They're all about violence. This is what the left does. The left is about violence. The left is taking us in the same direction as the world went before God destroyed it. With a flood. Go look, read about the flood, starting in Genesis chapter 6. And what does it say? The world was filled with violence. That's why God was sorry he made man. Because somewhere when he made man, there ended up being some Democrats. Now listen, I am not raising Republicans to the zenith of virtue. They're not to the pinnacle of perfection and purity. By no means. There's a whole bunch of Republicans that frankly make me want to hurl. But there are some good ones. But I can't find any good Democrats. Not a single one. You look at their platform, unless they're totally stupid or abysmally ignorant, there's no way you could embrace what they embrace. You know, it's just, I mean, the New York Times and the Washington Post, so they echo Holder's call, as Greenfield says, for political anger, for they believe rage will now solve all of America's problems. That if the Democrats stay angry, they'll take over the government. And then he says, now they're ready to release and unleash their true rage. And who's it going to get unleashed on, folks? You and me. It's going to be unleashed on us. 
Otherwise, as Greenfield says, it will be released on the rest of the country. Even as the media preaches the virtues of leftist rage, the virtue, it warns about threats of Republican anger. So you got these articles like Brett Kavanaugh's anger may be backfiring. Judge Kavanaugh's one angry man. Or how about the New York Times piece? Kavanaugh borrows from Trump's playbook on white male anger. Well, Kavanaugh was angry because he'd been falsely accused of rape by the media with no actual evidence. But the Dems are angry because that's how they do business, because they're a bunch of little behavioral wimps. They lost the election, and now they just keep on whining because Donald Trump keeps on winning. More when we return. Hi, this is Rob Waller, and I want you to know that we have officially moved our real estate services to Arizona. We focus on helping people with the sale or purchase of their commercial or an investment real estate. And in addition, I bring 30 years of my California legal and tax experience to the table to help support those new clients with the intricacies of buying and selling of their commercial and investment real estate. Contact me, Rob Waller, at info at redskyradio.net. You will not find us on Facebook. No, not now, not ever. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. This is Rob Walter. We are back. Apparently, uh, Greg Laurie thinks uh, we're going to go to Kathmandu or something. He said here the other day that he thinks the Jesus revival in America is going to lead Christians to being the pre-trib rapture from earth, removing the U.S. from end times conflict. I am going to cover this in unbelievable, unbelievable detail. Let me just leave it at that on a future program. I will tell you right now, I may lose listeners over this. There's no such thing as a pre-trib rapture. And I will prove it beyond a reasonable doubt using only the Bible. I don't need anything else. Um, A Calvary Chapel does some great things. But on that issue, they're drinking the Kool-Aid that is not fit for human consumption. is going to lead them astray. Okay, I want to end with something strongly encouraging, strongly positive, inspirational, if you will, but also a bit insightful. And it deals with the freeing of Pastor Andrew Brunson um, out of uh, Turkey, the Turkish imprisonment here. I just want to say a couple of things before I quote him. Now, I know that you likely heard or saw his interview uh, with Sean Hannity, and I rarely, rarely cover something that somebody else has covered. And I've, I've shared that before. i got to bring something different from a secular perspective or something that is spiritually poignant. Well, this is the latter. Because though he spoke on spiritual matters, this needs to be underscored, restated, emphasized, and advocated what this pastor said and what he did and the significance of this moment. Now, keep in mind, this is not anything... Barack Hussein could do. This guy was in prison before, or while, while, while he was still president. He, he couldn't do anything. And Hillary Clinton wouldn't have done anything. Between Obama and Clinton, you got a, a wouldn't, a couldn't, and a wouldn't. Nothing. Hey, leave, those, leave the Christians. Um, Hey, just let them suffer. But doggone it, we are going to free Bo Bergdahl, that wimpy little Muslim traitor. We're going to trade all sorts of violent hostages at Gitmo to get that precious Bo Bergdahl back. Oh, way to go, Obama. That's another real stellar piece of garbage you dumped on this country by letting the bad guys go and bringing back the wrong guy. Well, I... am thrilled Pastor Brunson got out. But I want to quote from him. 
that comes off from the Hannity program. But I want to point some things out if I've got the time to do it. I've got to fit it in fast here. He said, quote, It was a very difficult time. I was surprised that I was in prison because I'd never considered prison as a possibility and the costs involved. I was isolated by culture and by language, but especially by religion. It was very difficult to be the only Christian among them, end quote. Now, I got to insert my two cents worth here. Folks, keep in mind, this is exactly the direction we are going as a country. And as we are going, uh, if the Democrats regain control and the demonic influence that seems to course through the veins of most of the Democrats actually has its play and its way, we will be, by their design, increasingly isolated by the culture, but as Pastor Brunson said, especially by our faith. That'll be very difficult to be one of the few Christians out there. And that's why many will fall, and that's why the disaster of believing that somehow we're going to escape all of this by getting airlifted out of here before things get really bad. But Brunson goes on to tell Hannity, quote, What was surprising is that they told me I was being held for terrorism and for trying to overthrow the government. The truth is if we had been is that we had been preaching Jesus Christ. That's why we were in Turkey for two decades, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the Turks. We did that openly. We never had a problem. It was very shocking to be accused of terrorism, end quote. Guess what? That will be the terrorism of the future, preaching the gospel. I'm going to ask you a very simple question. Did Jesus get crucified for political reasons or religious reasons? Folks, he preached the gospel, right? But it had a political impact. He was crucified for political reasons. There was a fear and a threat among the the Jewish elite at that time that he was going to take away their authority. It was all political. The Romans seemed to be ultimately okay with the idea. It was a political execution. Rooted, of course, admittedly, in the truth and the power of the gospel. But the gospel has political ramifications. Next, so when Brunson asked Trump if he could pray for him, the president replied, I love this, quote, Well, I need it. Probably more than anyone else in this room. So that would be very nice. Thank you. So Brunson prayed that he'd give the president supernatural wisdom to accomplish the plans that he has for the country. I ask, Lord God, this is Brunson himself, that you give him wisdom and how to lead this country into righteousness. Give him perseverance and endurance and courage to stand for truth. I ask that you protect him from slander from enemies, from those who would undermine. I ask that you make him a great blessing to this country. Fill him with your wisdom and strength and perseverance, and we bless him. May he be a great blessing to our country. In Jesus' name, we bless you. Amen. That is Brunson's prayer while kneeling with his left hand on the shoulder of a bowed head of Donald Trump. I will say this in closing, folks. I don't necessarily like this president's outward behavior. But I don't really care so much about his outward behavior and his his boisterous behavior as unabashed uh, aggressiveness if before a man of God and before God himself, he humbles himself to be prayed for. This is Rob Walter encouraging you in America. Sit tall in the saddle. Remember, you ride for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. See you next week.
KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR. News this hour. From townhall.com, I'm Val Dior in Dallas. President Trump has bestowed the nation's highest military honor on a retired Marine for his heroism in Vietnam 50 years ago. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reports. During an East Room ceremony, the president awarded the Medal of Honor to John Canley for his wartime bravery in 1968. John weighed seven straight days of unrelenting combat personally saving the lives of more than 20 Marines. In Vietnam, Canley fought off multiple enemy attacks despite sustaining serious injuries. Now 80 years old, Canley was joined by family and former comrades at the White House. Greg Clugston, Washington. Let me tell you something. He's 80 years old and looked 40. Meanwhile, in Texas, Senator Ted Cruz criticizes his Democratic challenger, Congressman Beto O'Rourke, for past votes supporting a never-enacted oil production tax. If you want to see the vote he cast for a $10 a barrel tax on oil, go to our website. It's tedcruz.org, and we will put up the exact text of the vote and a link to Congressman.